Hi, I'm Lori. And this is Renee. Welcome to this episode of our podcast with a little help from my friends. Today we're going to talk about work stress, what causes stress, and how we handle it. And some of the things that we'll talk about as far as causes are having a difficult boss or a big project that causes you stress. Um, I work in school, so difficult parents, but in general, difficult clients, Mm -hmm. managing your time, and with technology, the lack of personal interaction that we have in the workplace. Exactly. So... um so let's talk about the you know the boss. If you have a difficult boss, my being a realtor, I really don't have a boss. Yes, I have a managing broker, but it's a little more hands off. So for you, it's... yeah, and working in schools, it's very different. Right. Um, you do have it's a kind of a hierarchy in how things work, um, and you know when you're working with children, it's it's very difficult to have a boss that's solely focused on numbers and data points and pieces of paper, um, because there's so much more that goes into a child and. Sometimes you have to fight those battles to get what you need for a child, and it causes friction. So what do you do when, if, you, if you feel like you're, at some point in your life you've had difficult bosses, so what do, what do you do? How do you handle that, Lori? Um, I try to handle the relationship with that person very politically, um, very neutral, you know, be very professional, and always have data to support my decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing um, I really try to do is at work, to have a support system. You okay, know, I that's good. I think working in a school, it's a little big group of people, and right. you have to have not too many because, you know, there's a trust factor. Right. But enough people, one or two people that you can go to that you know will have your back or give you good advice or talk, let you vent and let, talk through a situation with you and help you problem solve and right. come up with the right thing to do. That makes sense because they're going to know the boss, they're going to know you, they're going to know the situation stuff. So that's it, really helpful. Exactly. That's really good. Exactly. Um, so one of the things we also talked about is a difficult client or parents. Like for me, being a realtor, there are times I have really difficult clients. And I had a situation where I was selling their house here in the Chicago area, the suburbs of Chicago, and they lived out of state because they got relocated for work. Okay. And she was really frustrated because the market hasn't been that good this year. It's, you know, the spring of 2019 hasn't been the strongest market here. And she knew that, and she kept on saying, why do you keep giving me this data? What else are you going to do? Even though I had a clear marketing plan, I did, I, I mean, I I'm very organized and I give everything up front so people know what I'm doing. And I keep tabs like every 30 days, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing, this is what we've done. And for this person in particular, it wasn't enough. And I know because she was frustrated. And um, they were coming into town for a week. They wanted to like see friends and what have you. And the week before, and I said, I'd love to see you guys when you come in. And she was like, why? I'm like, well, it'd be, I'm selling your house. It'd be good to right, see you. that personal connection. Right, exactly. So... What happened was is that the week before she came in, she got really, really frustrated with me and started yelling at me and blaming me for stuff. And I was like, whoa, like, wait a second. What, what, could, what could I do differently? So how did you handle it? Well, I asked her. I said, okay, what do you think that I'm not doing? What, what is it? So she told me what she thought. Even though I did all those things marketing-wise, I said, I've done, I did it on this date and this date, but I will do it again for you. you know, she, wants, she wanted two open houses back-to-back. Nobody does it. But if that's what she wanted, fine. I did it. Um, and then I started giving her other ideas. And she's like, oh, this is great. I go, why don't you have the landscaper come freshen up you know, the front lawn? Oh, that's a really good idea. Keep it coming. And so I, even though everything got worked out, I could tell there was still like tension between us. 
So I thought, if I'm going to come over there, I'm going to come over with flowers. So That's a great I, solution. Right? Like, going to keep it really, like... I didn't want her to think I was going to go over there and, like, argue with her to say that I'm right, even though I thought, felt I was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I went over there with flowers saying, you know, oh, welcome back kind of thing. And she opened the door, and she was, like, stiff, like, totally stiff. And I could tell. She was ready. Ready to mm-hmm. have, like, some kind of conversation, confrontation with me or something. And her demeanor totally changed. She saw the flowers, and she just relaxed. Her body slumped. And she's like, oh, thank you, Renee. And she took the flowers, and she hugged me. She's like, I'm so sorry I got mad at you. Because it's not personal. Right. It really, it's, it is business. But your job and my job, we're very much in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to make that distinction. But I think that's important to make sure. It's not, no one's attacking me personally. If I have right. a difficult parent. Have you had so, something like that happen to you? I actually have. There was a, a little boy. He was, uh, he's older now, but he was in first grade. And he was uh, just, he had a lot of behaviors. And we at school all knew that he needed, um, he had ADHD and he needed some more support. And that the behaviors he had were not things that he could control. So Lori, just in case someone doesn't know what ADHD is, what is that? Thank you. Um, It's Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And that is a, a disability that causes people to act before they think. Okay. And a lot of times then kids or people feel bad about something they've done because they were impulsive and it happened. And then when they had a minute to think about it or somebody points it out to them, they feel horrible about what they did. And they're in first grade. They have lots of energy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Running around a classroom. Cute as can be. Sweetest little boy. Running around a classroom. Sometimes a chair falls or, you know, his paper gets ripped and then it's a ball and it goes across the room. Things like that. Yeah. And he would get in trouble. And in a regular public school, those behaviors are sometimes difficult to manage. Right. So he would get in trouble, and he would get sent to my office. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't his fault. And we'd been trying to work with the, the parent, but um, sometimes you know, the parent didn't see this as a problem. They saw it as something the school was doing wrong. And oh, I'm it, sure you get that a lot now. I do. And right. it was very difficult because I was the one that had to call this parent and tell her, well, this is what you know, your child did today, and can you come get him? And meanwhile, when he would come to my office, he and I... Um, you know, had a very close relationship. I had a drawer of toys in my room for him. So he could just come and we would talk about what happened and then I would just let him play and decompress and send him back to class because he felt bad. So one day I had to call the mom and I had to mention that, you know, these behaviors are escalating and we had to consider sending him to another school if this continued. And would you please help us? Could you talk to your pediatrician? And the mom got very angry with me and told me that I hated her child. And she, she came to school. Was, oh, she came to yeah, school. Yeah, okay. she came to school and um, asked to speak to me. And we were in the office. And she told me how I hated her child. And I was trying to get her child kicked out of school. And it was difficult because the emotion attached to the emotion I felt for this child and for the situation. And I had to step out of that for a second. And I I told the mom, I said, can you come with me to my office? And we walked down the hall to where my office is. And I opened my bottom desk drawer and I showed her. And I said, do you see this? And she said, what is that? I said, that's the drawer of toys and things that I have for your son in my room. I said, I work with students all over the school district and he's the only one that I have a drawer of toys for. And she, she must have she been. started to cry. Oh. And she looked at me and I said, I don't hate your child. I said, I don't want your child to leave. I said, I love your child. I said, and I'm doing everything in my power to keep him here at school. I said, but you, you need 
to work with us. Right. And once she saw that I was doing this out of emotion and not out of some drive to get rid of them, she took her son to the doctor and had a full battery of assessment done. It turned out he was diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. He's on medication, and his behavior overnight was better. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think no matter what profession you're in, the key part is to stay professional and to remember that it's not a it's not personal. Anytime a client, someone's getting mad at you, it's not, they're not attacking you. Right. They're just being defensive. Exactly. And that's why they're, they're so confrontational. And the stress that goes with selling a house yeah. or dealing working with, with someone's child, yeah. those defenses go up automatically. So yeah. I, I think there has to be a way, and it sounds like and we both have some examples of a struggle and how we handled it, right. know, of keeping it, taking the personal out of it. And no reminding yourself that this is your business. Right. It's exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to those situations, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and then so, well, something else we talked about, like stress-wise, work stress, mm-hmm. is the time. Like the lack yeah. of time you feel that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know working in schools, I see teachers leave with bags and bags and bags. Are of you serious? To great. Yes. And I... It's papers to grade, but what else? Papers to grade and things to cut out and projects they want to do in their classrooms and writing lesson plans. People say all the time that a teacher works from 8 to 3 and gets summer off. Teachers are teaching summer school and teachers are going to seminars. There's really... it's You have to find a way to manage your time. Right. And budget your time. Right. I try very hard. There are those kids that stick with you, yeah, and you take them home in your head at night. Mm. But I try very hard to finish what I'm going to finish at work, mm-hmm. and then go home. And I know that's harder for you because your job is more twenty four seven. Right, right. See, for me, it's like uh, the client of what's happening. If we're looking for a house, I'm always like on call for them, so I'm always answering their calls. But so, really, nine o'clock. So like, nine o'clock yeah. is your cutoff. Time. Some agents a little bit earlier. But it's important to set boundaries. Otherwise, you're feeling like you're on all the time. Because people will. I promise really? you. 10 o'clock at night. Wow. I saw this house. What do you think? I'm like, are you kidding me? So do you answer? No. Because okay. I, I tell them, 9 o'clock is my cutoff. Mm-hmm. If we're not negotiating, there's no reason for you to be you know, texting me. Now, some people are just like, listen, I don't expect you to respond to me, but I want to just send it to you just so you know. So you're ready to go first exactly. thing in the morning. morning. So I can sense. like, and I don't, and I don't, I tr- and I really try not to work until eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, I think an 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. time frame for work. I'd say that's reasonable. Right? Isn't that fair? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then for sure, I don't work Sunday mornings. I just, I need that for sure time that I'm just and not going to I think everybody work. does. I think life is all about balance. Yeah. And, and it's very important for your own mental health and your own physical health and the mental and physical health of your family. Exactly. For you, you everybody, to find that balance. And How about to, vacations? There are yeah. people who work on vacations. There are. I get emails over Christmas break and summer yeah. break. And you know what? That's vacation time. And I read them. Yeah. And if they're important, I'll, but I won't reply at night. I had one teacher once who would text me at 11 o'clock at night. All the time. 11 o'clock at night? Yes. And we'd have to be at work at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I'd be like, what are you doing? This can wait until the morning. I'm going to see you at 8 o'clock in the morning. And she would send these texts. And it was, I don't know how else to say it. It was almost like training a dog. I just, I 
stopped replying and at eight o'clock in the morning the first thing I did when I got to work was I replied to her text message yeah and eventually she stopped texting she figured it out and she figured out that I'm going to be able to reach Lori during the school day yeah and it took me a good school year to train her behavior I never said a word to her yeah she never sensed my frustration or knew that I was molding her behavior I guess as a psychologist I'm trained in doing that (laughs) but I'm yeah. at 11 o'clock at night. That's my time. Yeah. No, that's I not remember time. Well, and vacation, they talk about vacation. I remember this was a, a little while ago. It was a good, probably 14 years ago. Or my kids were young enough. We were at Disney and here you spend all year saving for this trip. It's like a big trip, right? You're going to like, everyone's excited. We're going to Disney. Yeah. And because I had my own business, I had no one to rely on. I kept answering the phone. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I remember standing in line, you know, for like the Dumbo ride or something. And I'm just mm-hmm. like talking on the phone. And my kids are like, Mom, Mom. I'm like, And you miss sorry, those opportunities to... with yeah, your kids. Of course. Well, not to mention, like I said, you took all this time to plan it. Right. I was so frustrated with myself that I was like, this is it. I'm never going to just handle work. The following year when we did a vacation, I said, I... I referred to other colleagues that were in the other smart. office and mm-hmm. said, here, you handle this person, you handle this, just broke it up. I'm not answering my phone. And we went on a cruise. So at the, and back then, it was like impossible to get mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. There's no connection. So I was like, I, and I'm not paying for Wi-Fi. Right. I'm going to be just, it was the best vacation of my life. And that's what I learned. Because you could be in it. Yeah. I was, mm-hmm. I was totally, I felt stress-free. No phone, no mm-hmm. clients, nothing. And, and guess what? Uh-huh. The world didn't end. And somehow the world worked before cell phones. Yeah, I know. I think that's a topic for our next podcast is technology and the good and the bad of technology. Oh, God, yeah. I think that's a great topic for our next time. Well, that that kind of also ties into what we talked about, uh, the lack of personal interaction that Mm -hmm. causes stress too, right? Yeah. Remember, like mm-hmm. back in the day, you'd be on the. What did you'd you say? You'd have to call someone. You'd have yeah. to see them. Yeah. And if there was a difficult conversation, you had it face to face, or you could hear their voice. But I've said to so many people over the years, when you're sending a text or you're sending an email, nobody knows how hard you're punching the keys. Yeah. And there's tones that people can pick up that aren't there. Yeah. Or if you're an emoji person and you forgot to put one, somebody yeah. might think you're mad. You know, there's different things that you don't know because it's all nonverbal and you're not there you're not well, present maybe we should write a book on like uh, technology etiquette uh, yeah okay a text message should be quick yes running late two minutes away see in five minutes just quick quick mm-hmm. stuff not a conversation no then that's a phone call exactly then it's a phone call Email is business related. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, um, these following items need to be done. Correct. So you have a thread to follow. Right. Or if you're trying to plan something social with, you know, yeah. you, you discuss, well, if someone sends an invitation to dinner, you know, we're trying to get someone to group together for somebody's birthday. Exactly. These are the dates. Let me know what can work. I can do these five dates. Right. You know, don't send a 20 minute, you know, well, I have this on this day and this on this day. It's, this is what works for me. I feel like that's important for communication oh yeah and if you have additional things if you're friends or you're a business colleague yeah pick up the phone because exactly. there's nothing better than a personal written note oh yeah or a phone call or an in-person visit there's- i you know what in my business i always send a personal note because that 
the art of writing a personal note mm-hmm. is I feel like is dead. It and is. people don't realize how important it is. But if you take that minute, even if you're interviewing for a job, if you still take that minute and you send that letter, it is very valued. Oh yeah. In any setting. I think that that personal touch is missing. I think we crave it. Yeah, we do. So I feel like if you can put that into your business, you'll it, it will help take away the stress because you know and even it's that emotional bank account. Yeah. You have those deposits in the bank account so that when there's a difficult situation, whether it's a person, your boss, a client, a project, right. anything, you can rely on that personal connection to know I don't know how to say it. You can rely on that connection that you have to separate out the business piece of it and still have That's the true. professional relationship. That's true. Like you said, the the I, I think of trust. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You built that That's trust. The word I was looking for. Oh, okay. I couldn't think of it. I can't believe I didn't finish your yeah, sentence. I, I know we do that all the time, but I couldn't think of it. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking is that you built this trust with the person so that because yeah. they that way they really know you, mm-hmm. right? You know that person at a different level. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I it's really, really important. I agree. So um but yeah, I mean, I, I this is a topic that I think forever will be discussed by many people because work stress is always there. You just got to remember how to handle it. Um, I, I, that's that's something. One one last thought that I have mm-hmm. about this whole thing is that I had an uh, an old boss, an old managing broker who um, is like a guru. I think okay. I remember you told me about him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what happened was is that. When he was getting ready to retire, um, he had a lot of these classes of, uh, he called them training classes, but it was almost like real estate therapy. Mm-hmm. I think you told me that this is what kind of taught you how to personalize your work with your clients. Yes. Yeah. So what I did is that I literally bought a book and I wrote down all the different, I guess, scenarios. Not that there's, not that you have an answer for every scenario because I'm dealing with people, so it's different. Right. But there are certain things that always stick into my mind. So something, again, Forget technology. Pen to paper. Mm-hmm. You're handwriting it. Yep. It really sticks with you. And it makes you remember things. And mm-hmm. I have that booklet actually in my office drawer. So if I feel, if I'm feeling like, if I, if I have a difficult client or situation, I turn to that book and be like, what could I do? Yes. Or what can I, just like to help me to figure it out. You. Refocus. Mm-hmm. Refocus is the word. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're dealing with work stress, I think the key points to remember is find your support group. Yes. Um, end your day. Yes. Go home. Be present in your other life. Yes. Um, take Rem- vacations. And remember to separate personal from business. Absolutely. It's Don't- never a personal attack on you. Exactly. If it has to do with the workplace. I know easier said than done, but I've done it and it yes. can be done. Exactly. Sure. Definitely easier said than done, but very doable. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. And we will talk to you soon.